We're now going to hear God's word read to us, Um, and I'd like to invite up Alicia. Alicia, here we go. Um, Over to you for the reading. Very brave. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices we had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered intent, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about with suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with her faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of of Man must be delivered into the hands of Sniffle. Men be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who believe the woman, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the two. Bending over, he saw the stripes of lion lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Well done. Wasn't that absolutely amazing? Well done, Alicia. Now, um, we're a church, we love all ages here. And so if you've got, uh, from the oldest to the youngest, so if you've got little ones uh, and they get fidgety, just relax, there's some toys at the back. Or I can see uh, uh, Lizzie's already made her way uh, into the crash zone here. So if you want a little breakout room, if only for the adults who get restless, feel free to do so. Um, so, um, to start, I thought I'd ask for a couple of volunteers or a few volunteers who wants to come and do a challenge with us at the front. It's open to any age, uh, but uh, young people, you might want to come up to the front. Anybody wants to come and help us? Now, probably because the last time I did this, I dressed someone up as a giant orange, and so no one say, don't, don't volunteer for anything at St. Peter's. You don't know what he's going to do. So here we go. So why don't you form yourself into a couple of teams? There you go. So, um, uh, right, and come around here. Let's have a look. Do you want to help as well? So, why don't, um, Hannah, you go with your sister, yeah, and you two go together, yeah, and go around the tables. Yep, that's great. And you've both got identical sets of cups. Are you ready for this? Come on, here we go. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds to build the tallest cup tower that you can make. Let me just get on a timer on my phone. I'll use this. 
30 seconds. Are we ready? Are we steady? I think someone said yes. Let's go. Give him a cheer, guys. Give him a cheer. Yay! Tallest Cook Tower. Go, go, go. Can you make it tall? Oh, look at this. Novel design here. Oh, look at this. Oh, wow. Oh, I did not see this one coming. This person thinks outside the box. Oh, is it all going to go totally wrong? Oh! Oh, and the time has just gone. And I think, I think it was a draw. Give him a round of applause. Here we go. So you can build your tallest cup tower. And now I need a volunteer. Samuel, can you come here? Build a quick cup tower. Samuel, I need your help now. Can you do me the honours? Yep, you can smash it down. There you go. Go on, go for it. Oh! Oh! Not! I did not do a risk assessment. So there you go. <laughs> Are you right, Wilbur? Are you okay, Wilbur? Come here, Wilbur. Oh, Wilbur. Let's give him a... I, I need a chocolate egg. Where have I put the chocolate eggs? As a, as a dad of three, chocolates are the way. Do you like one of these? So sorry. Come on, Right, that, that's the end. Yeah. So, go on, you do that one. Everyone stand back. Don't break the windows. Gently, Samuel. Go on, go. Yay! Okay, give them all a round of applause. Thank you. So, what has Cup Towers got to do with Easter, you might ask? What has Cup Towers got to do with Easter? Well, those Cup Towers were just broken. And, um, and it's not just Cup Towers that get broken, because at the end of the day, yeah, they can be easily rebuilt. But actually, there are many things in life that actually get broken. Uh, promises get broken. Hearts get broken. Systems are sometimes broken. People get broken. Uh, and in fact, uh, you could say the whole world is both beautiful, but also broken. There was a, this little girl, and this little girl was waiting for her dad to finish work for the day. And she was getting a little bit impatient, uh, and she says, Dad, how long will you be? And, uh, and, she, and he said, not, not too long, not too long, my love. You know, I know. Can you help me with a job? Can you help me? And she says, okay, yes, I can help you. And so what the dad did is he ripped a page out of a magazine. This page had a map of the world on it. And what he then did is he got this map of the world and he cut it into small squares. And he put the squares on the table and he muddled them all up. And then, um, and then he says, look, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go off now and finish my work, yeah? And whilst you wait for me, can you please see if you can put back together the world? Can you put together, back together the map of the world? And he thought to himself, that's brought me a decent amount of time. Uh, a few minutes later, only a few minutes later, the little girl called out to her dad again and said, Dad, I've finished. I've finished. 
Now, the dad thought there's no chance that she's actually finished that. It was just too complicated a map of the world to put back together. But he thought he'd best go check it, check it out and see what was happening. And to his astonishment, actually, the girl had finished. And he says, oh, my life. It was such a complicated puzzle. How did you manage to do it in such a short amount of time? And the little girl said this. He says, what you didn't realize, Dad, is when you were holding up the map and cutting it out, I noticed that on the back of the picture, there was a picture of a man and a woman. And I thought to myself, if I could put the man and the woman back together again, I could put the world back together again. You see, our world is broken, and at the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And, and the Bible calls the problem of the human heart something called sin. It's not a word we often use now, now and again, but all that sin means is when we fail to do the things that God wants us to do, or when we do the things that God doesn't want us to do. So, like when I, for instance, now I'm not God, but for instance, if I ask my kids to go wash their hands before dinner and they don't, that's something that they're failing to do what I want them to do, or there's plenty of things that I do which I shouldn't do. You see, human sin is behind the brokenness of the whole world. And what has happened is over time, our sin has spread throughout all of creation and has left in its wake suffering, death, and destruction. And our sin has also become a barrier between us and a holy God. There's a barrier between us and God that we cannot breach. And also this sin causes a barrier between us and each other. And you see, sin acts a little bit like an overdraft when you owe someone a lot of money. You see, if I have an overdraft, and if you have an overdraft, then I can't help you and you can't help me. We're both in debt. The only person who can help us is someone who's in credit, someone who doesn't have an overdraft, someone who has never sinned. And Christians believe there is only one person who has gone through this life and has never sinned, and that person is Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing is, Jesus came to help us, to pay off our overdraft. And that is what we remember at Easter time. Two days ago was Good Friday, and we remembered that Jesus died upon the cross. And some people say to me, David, why do we call it Good Friday? Jesus died upon the cross. Surely it's a bad Friday. And it would be a bad Friday if all that happened was Jesus died upon the cross. But he didn't just die upon the cross. He was giving his life for us. You see, on the cross, he was paying off our overdraft. He was removing that sin that was separates us from God. And this is why we call it Good Friday. Because Jesus came to pay a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. You see, on Easter Sunday, we've just heard in our reading, beautifully read by Alicia, that Jesus did not stay dead, that he rose to life again and lives forever. 
And when Mary Magdalene, it said, and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and all the others went to the tomb that first Easter morning, they were expecting Jesus to be dead. They carried the spices, expecting to find a dead corpse. But when they got there, the tomb was empty. And the angel said to them these words, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And that's what we're celebrating today, that Jesus is alive. You see, what the resurrection does is this. The resurrection authenticates everything Jesus said and did. The resurrection is God's seal of approval. It is God telling us that on Good Friday, all our debts were paid, that it was enough, that we are forgiven. You see, Easter is about new beginnings, and many of us, what we do is we decide to pick up our bags and carry the baggage from the past that hinders us. But Jesus wants us to put that baggage down. He wants us to give us a new beginning. At the cross, our sins are forgiven and our debts are paid. And Easter changes everything. Not only do we have forgiveness for the past, but we have new life for today. So let me illustrate it this way, if I can. Let me illustrate it this way. So imagine you've got an empty jar like this, and we've got, this empty jar represents me and you. This empty jar represents me and you. And this cross represents God. And what happens is that the inclination of our hearts, is what sin is, is that they tend to want to point away from God. Can we see that on the camera? Our hearts want to point away from God. They, 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 want to, they, they want to put themselves at the center. And you see, sin is a heart disease. You might call it our hearts are at dis-ease. Our hearts turn away from God. And because of this, you know, uh, there's a barrier. Our sins cause a barrier between us and God. If you can see that, our sins cause a barrier. But at the cross... Jesus paid the debt and removed this barrier of sin. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we welcome him into our lives and our hearts, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit into our lives. Now, in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is likened to streams of living water that flow up from within. And so this is the Holy Spirit This is ourselves, and this is God, and this is the inclination of our hearts. And you see, what happens is at the cross, at the cross, yeah, and you need to watch closely, Jesus died for our sins. And if we say yes to Jesus, then what happens is that Jesus takes away the barrier between us and God. And he does more than that. There's not just forgiveness for the past. There's new life in the present. And he fills us with the Holy Spirit. And now look what happens to our hearts when we realize the magnitude of what God has done for us. When he fills us in the Holy Spirit, when we realize we are forgiven, our hearts in thankfulness 
turn to Jesus. They turn to Jesus. Our hearts in thankfulness for what God has done for us turn to Jesus. And by God's Holy Spirit that comes into our lives, our relationships, our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors change. They don't change all at once, but they do change. And the Holy Spirit, this new life that Jesus offers each one of us, produces fruit in our lives. It produces love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And we all want those things. Well then, what does this mean for you personally today? Well, first of all, First of all, Easter is an invitation. It's the greatest invitation that has ever been given, and it's an invitation from God to you. You see, through the cross and the resurrection, your sins have been forgiven, and the barrier between you and God have been removed, and the way is now open for you to have a relationship with God, a loving God. It is an invitation to a new life, a new life that can start today, a new life empowered by the Holy Spirit, a life of peace, of joy, a life of purpose, of healing, of wholeness, of freedom, of comfort, of joy. This is the new life that Jesus offers each and every one of us. And let me tell you, my friends, there is no better day to say yes to that invitation, to say yes to a relationship than today. And in a moment, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer that helps us to accept this invitation. And perhaps you've prayed it before, and perhaps this is the first time you're going to pray it, but I pray that you, that you do not miss this opportunity. Before the service began, we met and we prayed as a team. And we asked Jesus to speak to us. And we said, Jesus, have you got a word for us today, a fresh word? And someone said something. They said, I've got this picture of Holman Hunt. Now, we only said in the prayer meeting, else I'll show you. Holman Hunt did this picture of Jesus. And it's a famous work. It's, I think, in three different cathedrals across the UK. He did three different paintings. And there's a picture of Jesus, and he's standing at this doorway. And at this doorway, Jesus is waiting and they're waiting to come into someone's life. And the thing is, someone went up to Holman Hunt and said, it's a lovely picture that Jesus wants to enter and make a relationship with you, but you've forgotten one thing. You've forgotten the door handle. There isn't a door handle on the, on the outside. And Holman Hunt said, that was a mistake. It was on purpose. And the reason, the reason why there's no door handle is that Jesus isn't going to enter without your permission. The door handle is on the inside. And you, my friends, need to open that door to him today and welcome him in, inside. And when I was thinking about that, Holman Hunt actually did three, three of these paintings, as I, I said. And one of them, they took it down to reframe it. And, they, and, and in the back, Holman Hunt had written a handwritten note And he said this, Lord, forgive me for keeping you waiting so long. And maybe that is a word for one of you here today. Lord, forgive me 
for keeping you waiting so long. Jesus is standing at the door. Do not keep him waiting any longer. And there are others of us here who are already friends with God, but want to go deeper with him, to experience this joy, this wholeness, this purpose, this freedom, this healing. And as we pray, let me encourage you to bring these desires to God and to let him speak to you and to minister to you. And lastly, and lastly, for some of you coming here today on Easter Sunday, could have been hard because you know Easter's a day of celebration and sometimes our lives are difficult. And it was brave to even come across that door and I thank you for doing so. But you know what? Easter brings hope. You know, at least for now, we live in a world where there's pain and there's brokenness and the effect of sin and people die and we miss them. But because Jesus rose from the dead, we know that it will not be like this forever. Because of Easter, we know that there is a day coming when there will be no more death and no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain. And we have this hope as the anchor of our souls, helping us through the brokenness of life. So let us stand and we're going to pray together. Let us stand to pray.